0: I'm Little Possum. You are listening to the beautiful sounds of praise and worship on Praise Until Dawn here on the Praise Broadcasting Network.
1: and other phone listeners and, of course, our laptop and desktop listeners and our iHeartRadio listeners. And I'm, I'm sure I've left somebody out, but whatever platform you're using to listen, welcome. Those listening by Alexa, ask her to play PBN Classic on TuneIn. I actually use Alexa to monitor pbnradio.com. Great way to listen. Good sound on it. I also want to remind you about our pbnradio.com Facebook page as well as my personal site. Go to our pbnradio.com homepage at pbnradio.com and click on the little blue and white Facebook logo at the top. It has a a small letter F, which is white with a, a circle of blue behind it that's facebook that will take you to our pbnradio.com facebook page for my personal page while you're at the pbnradio.com facebook page go up to the search bar and at the top enter pat rutherford 1232 pat rutherford 1232
0: say thank you for all you are. We say thank you. We say thank you.
1: got up early this morning. So as I was preparing for to go on the air, I went in and we like to start him off with Jesus. So we have, I, I think I've told you before, we have these uh, Gaither videos where he has the homecoming group singing all together and a lot of these people dad has remembered and he sees them and you can kind of see in his eyes that he at least remembers some of the songs i remember his mama our grandma she came to uh shortly before her death uh, the death of her body. I know where she is right now. And she came to stay with Claudia and me for several days, and it was just such an honor having her uh, stay around with us. We would, um, on, on TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, there, they would have times of uh, uh, singing you know, some of the groups and some of the old guys and gals. And there was one person in particular, I, I forget his name, but Grandma loved hearing him sing the old gospel hymns. See, Grandma used to, early on in her life, when Dad was just a young boy, his dad, whom I never knew, uh, he died in 1944 of a disease to the liver that would have been very curable these days. But I never got to know him because he died six years before I was born. Can't wait to meet him. He used to go out and hold I don't want to say evangelistic meetings, but church meetings. He wasn't a pastor, but he would hold these meetings and uh, lead the singing. And Grandma used to play the piano for him. These old, well, to them then, they weren't old hymns. They were kind of contemporary hymns. And... The country gospel as it was of the day so I remember grandma's eyesight was pretty poor at this time she would get up and put her little robe on and she would get in her walker sit in it and just get real close to our TV as the singers would sing. And this this young cowboy, God, he wore boots and the cowboy hat and all that, and she was just in love with the way he sang. And she would sit there real close to the TV, and I can see her in my mind right now. She'd be singing along with the songs. Of this young man. See, Grandma wasn't um, for years and years. She she was a wonderful, wonderful grandma, but she was never very outspoken about her relationship with Jesus. But i don't know something happened i I don't know what it was maybe it's um she saw the the change in her son dad that's a whole story in itself i'm trying to put all this together and and write it down um i've got Videos that I've purposely taken of Dad um, telling stories about his young life. Got Mom too. Um, grandma would be singing right along with, uh, what what a sight! And it's like she was experiencing heaven right right there. I am a watcher. I don't like being up in front of people. I know that sounds strange with, you know, being right here with with you, but uh, it's just you and me. Claudia and I used to go to... uh, There was an airport in Dallas-Fort Worth that it didn't used to be Dallas-Fort Worth. Let me get a drink, just a minute. Mmm. When I grew up in the the 50s and and the 60s, Dallas was way over here and Fort Worth was way over here and we kind of lived in the middle. I kind of grew up until I was in about the sixth grade in Arlington and then we moved to Grand Prairie and that's where I went to junior high and high school. And we had what was called a toll road in between. And you'd have to circle around and get on. If you wanted to go to uh, to Dallas or Fort Worth, you'd have to go through the toll booth and head toward Dallas or head toward Fort Worth. And we thought, wow, that's a long way. These days it's just all interconnected and all the little towns in between, you know, and it's just, it's like, it's one massive piece of concrete between Fort Worth and and Dallas. I remember the, um, I'm sorry, I'm stopping and starting in between. I'm just the the memories that, that come up <sighs> attending school with these people. You you see, back back then, um <clears throat> in Texas, it was a very Christian Very Christian state and people boasted of uh, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist um, and those were the main ones right there but then you had your Episcopalians and your Presbyterians and and the uh, the Mormons Latter-day Saints were making some inroads in there and uh, we had disciples of Christ good friends that that were disciples of Christ. And then I was kind of the weird one uh, being a Seventh-day Adventist in the midst of all these people. See, I started in seventh grade. I I went to church school before that, first through sixth grade. So I didn't know all these people. I, I didn't grow up among them, and they had their little Baptist cliques, and they had their little Methodist cliques, and they they got together a lot. <clears throat> but then there was me. The Seventh Day Adventists at the time were were very. Um, Very much into converting the Baptist and the Methodist and, and all that into the Seventh day Adventist church. And isn't that something you baptize them into the church? See, I didn't, I, I had these, I'd have, you know, I can't just describe it. You would have had to go through it. I had these yearning in my heart that I wanted to know more. I, they talked of Jesus, but it was more talk about the church and their prophetess. And um, sure, you'd read the Bible, but you would interpret it as the prophetess interpreted it Ellen G. white and um, it wouldn't be until the early 1980s that the Holy Spirit touched our hearts and our lives through just really miraculous things I've talked about before I just don't have time to get into it now but forgive me for rehashing these stuff this this stuff stuff are these things, but these are precious moments to me. As I relive the moments, the times, of trying to understand Jesus, but yet didn't know him, And the way, you know, you look back on it, the way he guided me, even back then, to where I am now. Dad brought me up to be a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. You don't cry. You don't, you know, you're tough. Because Dad grew up in the, on the streets of San Antonio. And it was a tragic situation between his mom and his dad at that time. It was kind of like a tragic love story. They loved each other dearly, but they couldn't live together. So dad basically grew up on the streets. Dad thought, grandpa thought that he was with grandma and grandma thought he was with grandpa. But he had his gang on the streets. San Antonio was a tough town at that time, so Dad brought up his kids to be tough. And you look back on it now, and I'll I'll hear somebody talking about Jesus, and tears well up in my eyes. I. Maybe that's why I love this music so much because it's like the Holy Spirit puts it down in my heart and tears well up in my eyes as I think back of the years that I didn't know him, yet he knew me. And now with things happening the way they are, on planet Earth here. In the United States. In other countries. See, I, I kind of think the United States has a special... Uh, what would you say? A, 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 a special calling if you would Um, the way that we were put together there was no way that these bands of rebels here could win against such a superpower as England and yet we did and we were founded on God I mean, say what you will about the, the uh, early patriots' beliefs. People want to label them. And yet their heart came out in their writings, always mentioning God, always giving thanks to God, building monuments and on the top of them, thinking specifically of the of the Washington monument now you know some tribute to god up on top and even though we have drifted so far away now there are those of us who long to get back to what we were called to do And I believe one of those callings is to lift up and protect Israel. And I think the president that, and, and this is going to cut right across people, but you know, sorry, no, I'm not sorry. I, I'll, you know, I'll just say it. I, the, the, the president that came. The closest to really understanding who we are and our mission to Israel was, was Trump. Everybody else was scared to move the the embassy. What's it gonna do to the Arabs? What are they gonna do and the Muslims? They're gonna rebel and Trump said, Don't you dare. And he got in there and he moved the embassy, the U.S. Embassy, to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. I believe the United States has a special calling. And I think we need to be reminded of that many times. How is that going to come down here in the end times? I I don't know. Um, you know, there are very specific things that are predicted. Is there a a big revival among those who are seeking God before the stuff hits the fan? I don't know. I I I don't know. But I know what is supposed to happen before Jesus comes and at what point that comes in I don't know it's not like there's a timetable or we could pinpoint Well, Jesus is going to is going to come at this point right here well that wouldn't be uh, people wouldn't be caught off guard then Jesus says watch and be ready but I've come to know him as someone who smiles at me and in all my troubles and my failings and he's not there to beat me that what he's doing is bringing this world and its people who are actually God's grandkids. That's why we're all chosen, but chosen to do different things. And what what are Gentiles chosen to do? To lift up Israel, to bring them back to him. Because they're stubborn. They're stiff-necked. They're stubborn. And how are we going to bring them back? Not by preaching and yelling at them and, and screaming. Would we respond to something like that? No, living it in front of them, loving them, and loving their God, who's our God now. So I, I just something is going to happen. Something I don't know. It, it's it's uh, every day. It's it's. God, thank you for giving me another day. Bring me into contact with with those who you're touching their hearts like you touched mine. And maybe I can bring some excitement to those young kids who were my age whom I looked at and I didn't understand their relationship, their their church relationship, and maybe as they sit in their pews the Holy Spirit can ting into their hearts and they truly see who they worship. Now I didn't say that they were lost or anything like that, I, I just, I see them and they need that excitement about Jesus. And no amount of words, no amount of preaching, the preaching of the Word is you give them examples. Live the Word. People are watching you that you never thought would watch you. There was a time, Holy Spirit touched my grandmother and it came out. This love for him came out and she couldn't help but be a daughter. And I I, I see these things, and I can tell you Satan and his band of thugs are out to steal that from you, to steal the joy, to steal what the Holy Spirit is tugging at our hearts. But I refuse. I fail so many times but I refuse to give up and give in. So I listened to these songs that I heard in the tents, the revival tents with the wooden chairs and the sawdust on the ground and the preachers preached when I was a young boy and the 50s, not knowing where Holy Spirit would lead, and that my heart's desire would be for Him.
2: is that faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence.
1: I think if we will begin looking at what God has done in our lives, not at our failures, but what God has done in our lives over the years, and be excited about that and where we're, where he's taking us, instead of looking at all of our failures. I think all of this will mean a lot more to us. So that's what we're practicing here. I'm until dawn.
2: accomplished his dying breath has brought me life i know that it is finished should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart, His woes have paid my ransom. Thank you. Live in your house. Come already. Fall and cheer the faint Heal the sick and in my
0: Children hold, till perfected
3: by the
0: in the fingers of Oh whole-
3: Past number of weeks, I have sensed a rising agitation in my spirit, particularly while praying over the United States of America. When I asked the Holy Spirit what this agitation was, He showed me a vision. I was lifted up over the United States as though watching her from space. I could see a fog completely covering the United States from the East Coast to the West Coast in a thick, dense, and heavy cloud. I knew in the vision this was no ordinary fog. This was a demonic principality, and in it I could see words swirling. They were the words confusion, division, disorder, strife, chaos, frustration, lawlessness, and exhaustion. The Holy Spirit then caused me to see closer, and I was able to see God's sons and daughters in amongst the fog. They were being poked and prodded by the fog itself, almost painfully. Not knowing where this prodding was coming from, they began looking to their left and to their right, and all at once, a loud brawl started to break out. They were bickering and picking at one another until all I could hear was the noise of their discord, much like the division that we have been witnessing. The Holy Spirit then allowed me to see the demonic principality within the fog who was poking and prodding God's sons and daughters. This spirit was not like others I have seen before, but as I looked closer, it was much smaller than it made itself out to be. It was throwing these words of chaos like a lasso over the hearts and minds of God's children, laughing as it did. I then heard the Spirit of God say to me, Divide and conquer. This is the enemy's strategy. I share this vision with you, not to focus on the enemy, but that we may see the enemy working within, set our crosshairs upon him, aiming our arrows at him, and release God's strategies to him as a bullseye into his plans. I hear the spirit of the Lord saying I have not changed my mind about America I have not I will not allow her to be destroyed by darkness it is time for my people to arise and rebuild the enemy has had us bickering with one another all the while strengthening his plans to divide and conquer it is time that shifts in the book of Nehemiah God called Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It was a seemingly impossible task for a mere cupbearer to the king. But it was Nehemiah's faith and his obedience to the call that released reinforcements from heaven to help him with the task set before him. I want to reveal to you some divine strategies from within Nehemiah's story that speak prophetically to us right now. While a cupbearer to the king at first glance may not seem like a very esteemed position, a cupbearer was held in very high rank within the king's courts. Nehemiah's duty was to serve the king his wine, and given that there were constant threats and plots aimed at the king, the cupbearer's responsibility was to vigilantly guard the wine against poison. A cupbearer was considered the most trustworthy of persons. They had close relationship with the king and held great influence within his courts. I believe the Lord is looking for cupbearers in this hour, ones he can trust the secrets of his heart with. These will be the ones that he has ordained to rise and rebuild. God is looking for a people who will guard the new wine from the poisonous lies and division that are running rampant across the earth right now. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Those who are guarding their hearts in this hour are those He deems trustworthy to guard the wine of the outpouring and rebuild the walls of America. Though you may be in obscurity now, God is elevating His cupbearers to positions of great influence in His courts to overturn and overthrow the enemy's plans in this hour. When Nehemiah went before the king with his request to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, the king bestowed great favour upon him. He then went one step further by supplying him with armies of men, horses and supplies from his own forests. God is bestowing favour upon his bride in this hour to rebuild the walls of America. He is releasing armies of heaven to us as we respond to this call. He is supplying us with the strength we need to rebuild what has been torn down. America is not in the middle of destruction. She is in the middle of a divine restoration. What we are seeing play out before us is the revealing of the destruction of many generations. Strongholds are being exposed. Demonic principalities are being brought to the light. It is the restoration of the Lord, and we must keep our eyes fixed on who the real enemy is and not back down. Isaiah 61 verse 7: Instead of your former shame, you will have a double portion, and instead of humiliation, your people will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, in their land, they will possess double of what they had forfeited. Everlasting joy will be theirs. Nehemiah faced fierce opposition in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem through Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official. Zanbalat the Horonite means enemy in secret within the people. It is not difficult to see that we are facing a similar enemy right now. An enemy that is hiding his tactics within people, just like I saw in the vision of the fog. Tobiah, on the other hand, has a godly name meaning Yahweh is good. Why would his name represent the goodness of God, yet he worked in direct opposition to what God was doing? Both Sambalat and Tobiah represent the political and religious principalities working together to abort Nehemiah's mission of rebuilding. Tobiah mocked the direction and move of God working through Nehemiah, and today we face the same enemy. The political and religious systems of this world are working in direct opposition to mock what the Spirit of the Lord is doing to bring restoration to America. In Nehemiah 4, it tells us that the work of Nehemiah and those anointed to rebuild were mocked and ridiculed relentlessly. In chapter four, verse seven to eight, it says, but when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites and the Astrodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches were being closed, they were very angry. They all conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem And to cause a disturbance in it. Just as the enemy attempted to stir up disturbance in the midst of the great work of restoration that Nehemiah was working on, we are seeing the constant workings of disturbance to what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in this hour to restore the United States of America. But take heart, God will not allow his work to come unravelled. In Nehemiah 4, verse 9, it gives us direction for what we are facing ourselves. And they said to one another, But we pray to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. God is calling you, his cupbearers, his sons and daughters, as guards to stand and protect the spiritual walls of America from the opposition within. We see this same strategy of the enemy playing out with Nehemiah, where in chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Our enemies said, They will not know or see us until we are among them, kill them and put a stop to the work. The enemy's tactic of hiding within, to divide and conquer, will not stand. As long as God's people position themselves to pray and stand guard over the walls and the wine of the coming outpouring. Nehemiah stationed guards and armed men behind the wall in the lowest places at the points of the wall that were the weakest. He then encouraged the people who had fear in their eyes. He said to them, do not be afraid of them. Confidently remember the Lord. With courage from him, fight for your brothers, fight for your families and fight for your homes. Then when the enemy heard that Nehemiah knew the plot against them, it frustrated their plans. Nehemiah positioned every builder with a sword secured at his side as he built. I believe this is a strategy for this hour where you may see a weak point in the walls of America. Rather than being like Tobiah who mocked the work of the Lord, stand guard over it and protect it. Speak protection and strength over the United States of America. Isaiah 62 verse six, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed and stationed watchmen who will never keep silent day or night. You who profess the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest from your prayers until He establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise on the earth. I hear the Lord saying, whose report will you believe? I am revealing the enemy within so that you can take up your guard and stand against him. Set a guard over your mouth and mind in this moment. Speak my protection forth. Decree my answers. Do not allow your words to become a tool in the enemy's hands. Arise and rebuild Rebuild with your prophetic declarations and prayers. Stand strong and see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Nehemiah's name means Yahweh comforts. I believe that during this time of great upheaval, the Lord is comforting His people as they look to Him. I hear Him saying again, Why are you finding your answers in what the media have to say? Do not look to them, for your source of life is in me. Keep your eyes on me, and I will comfort you as I bring healing to your nation. I am exposing and destroying the enemy through your obedience to pray. Isaiah 62 verse 10 Go through, go through the gates, clear the way for the people, build up. Build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a banner over the peoples. The Spirit of God is moving powerfully in this hour, brooding across the United States to close the breaches of the injustices of many generations. He is moving swiftly to answer his children's prayers. He is moving in and amongst us to annihilate the political and religious principalities that are desperately vying for continued power. He is overthrowing evil judgments and rulings that have been long withstanding. He is arising as judge of the earth, both in righteousness and in justice. He is moving to bring healing to black America who have been long under the oppression of racism. We must be aware of the hijack that is currently taking place to cause division that would attempt to stop the healing that the Lord is moving to bring. God is moving to overthrow abortion, a stain of sin upon the land. He is moving to unseat the clutches of sex trafficking, pornography and evil underlying political systems. I believe in the coming days, we are also going to see the spirit of the Lord moving to encounter the hearts of those within the LGBT community. He is pursuing their hearts. He is looking for the one. He is coming after those that have been lost. He is coming after them wholeheartedly. He is pursuing them in this hour. And the Lord is saying to the church, arise and rebuild in this hour. Prepare yourselves because the lost are coming home. The lost are coming home in this hour, says the Lord Almighty. The lost are coming home. You must rise and rebuild so that they have a place to come. Proverbs 14 verse four, the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. The mess you see is the evidence of revival and awakening on the horizon. What should have taken Nehemiah and his team four or more years to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem took only 52 days. God divinely strengthened them to rebuild in a short amount of time, and I believe he is divinely strengthening his people to rebuild America in a short amount of time. In what should take years will take place quickly. Just as it took Nehemiah 52 days, I believe Isaiah 52 holds a promise from the Lord over America. It says, "Awake, awake, Zion, clothe yourself with strength, Put on your garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up. Sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, daughter Zion. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first my people went down to Egypt to live. And now what do I have here, declares the Lord, for my people have been taken away for nothing and those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. All day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace. Who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted His people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing, come out from it and be pure, you who carry the articles of the Lord's house. But you will not leave in haste or go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The Lord God of Israel will be your rear guard. God is calling forth his Nehemiahs in this hour. Come forth, Nehemiahs, come forth. You have a mandate before you as cupbearers to the king to rise and rebuild the walls and gates of America that have been torn down by demonic forces. It is time to get up, bride. It is time to get to work in the spirit. No more laying down on the battlefield. No more being deceived by the enemy's tactics. Look and see, God is doing a new thing. He is higher and mightier, and He has not changed His mind about America. God's hand is moving swiftly to restore America. So pick up your swords, mighty ones, and pray. Isaiah 61 verse 2, I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on His enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion To give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes, the oil of bliss instead of tears, and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Because of this, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness, planted by Yahweh as a living display of His glory.
0: People in his temple Praise him for the Lord is good And you are his possession The Lord above is Lord Above the earth is heard to please him From deepest sea to cloudy sky And wind and rain and season
4: of days, exposing the enemy's great masquerade, the giver of life, he is the ancient of days. Courageous Redeemer, whose life-giving blood is the ransom for wayward man's soul, Melvin and messenger, heir of all things, shepherd and guardian, guardian of souls, shepherd and guardian, guardian of souls. He is, he is the ancient of days, the giver of freedom for the price that he paid. He is. In the enemy's great masquerade, give her a life, he kissed the ancient earth.
5: Our address is Praise Broadcasting Network, P.O. Box 2468, Ashboro, North Carolina, 27204. You can also visit our website at www.pbnradio.com. Pat and Claudia love reading your email. You may send it to mail at pbnradio.com or call them at 336 626 pray